Johnny Summers, let me tell you about a place that I love in this here town of Chico. It's called The Handlebar. You ever heard of it? I have. It's a great place with a really nice happy hour. They really do have one, man. It's from two to six every single day of the week. You get a dollar off every single one of their draft beers. When was the last time you were there? Ooh, just this last week. Is that right? Yeah. What'd you have? Uh, what did I have? I had an iced tea mm. and, some, really... <laughs> and some sweet potato fries because it was God, still... it was dry January. Yep. But they have some excellent non-alcohol offerings as well. Once again, that's the Handlebar, everybody. They're at 2070 East 20th Street right here in Chico. An amazing happy hour, seven days a week. Go check them out. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast based in Chico, California. I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Welcome to the program. This week on the show, our review of The Tragedy of Macbeth, a new film from Joel Cohen starring Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand based on the classic play uh, Macbeth by Bill Shakespeare. Yep. Good old Bill. We know him. Uh, both of the beers this week come to us from 903 Brewers out of Sherman, Texas. The first is a Berliner Weiss style ale, and the second is an Imperial Stout that clocks in at 13%. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, you unfortunately won't be hearing our episode in its entirety. You're only going to get the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of the tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, yeah, but have no fear. To hear the full conversation, which includes spoilers our review of a second beer, and the fan favorite, Hot and Bothered, just head over to any of the following locations. You can head over to Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, etc. Our new episodes drop every Friday at 7 a.m. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review, preferably of the five-star variety. It helps other people discover this show. That's right. If you really like social media, you can find us on Instagram for some really, really fun, sexy beer and movie photos, sometimes of ourselves. Uh, You can find us on Letterboxd to keep up with film reviews. Sometimes we review films on there that we don't even talk about on here. Uh, You can also find us on Untapped for beer reviews. You can find uh, all of our tags by just searching at Fresh Hop Cinema or just save yourself a couple of steps and go to freshhopcinema.com. And if you want to get in touch with us in a little bit longer format, you can send us an email at fhccast at gmail.com. That's right. If you are interested in supporting our show financially, you like what we do, you want to be a part of that, you want access to bonus content or uh, bonus episodes as we, I can't seem to get that in my head, but that's what they are called, bonus episodes, Uh, invites to exclusive events like movie nights or bar hangs, you can go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. It's a super nifty platform where people like yourself can support people like ourselves in the form of a dollar or two dollars or three dollars. As far on as you can count per, in our case, episode of podcasts and you can subscribe. It takes a couple of minutes and for the cost of as little as like four bucks a month, you can keep our little podcast thing going. Again, that's patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. That's it. So it's been this. We're sort of breaking form mm-hmm. a little bit here. Um, we're, we're recording on February 2nd. Um, and it's been, it's been a week. It's been a particular couple of days. I don't, uh, I don't exactly know how to move forward with this actually. I might throw you this part. Yeah. Well, we were speaking about this before the show and not exactly sure how to approach it. So we're going to do it honestly and how we feel is right. Um, we lost a friend yesterday. Chico lost a friend. Us personally lost a friend. Uh, Miyagi Pocock passed away yesterday and that's something that we couldn't record this episode without acknowledging uh because it would be very disingenuous to not be completely forthcoming that that is weighing heavy on our minds and our hearts um it's still real fresh so i think next week we're gonna 
go into it a little bit deeper, going to kind of get our thoughts together. But right now, uh, I know myself and I'm assuming you as yeah. well are still pretty much in the shocked slash grieving yeah. stage. So not to just speak out of pure emotion. Um, yeah. We're going to we're going to save that and probably focus on that quite a bit next week. Uh, but it's something that we wanted to acknowledge. It's yeah. important to us. Uh, it's on our mind. It's in our hearts, uh, as well as his family and all of his friends. So, um, yeah, just wanted to let you guys know he's in our thoughts. And if you're listening to this and you're in Chico, he's probably in your thoughts, too. Yeah. So that's all. Just had to get that out of the way. Um, probably going to get way more emotional next week, but yeah. um, it's too fresh. Don't want to don't want to dwell on it right now. Yeah, that, that's that. If you are listening and, and you know Miyagi and for some weird reason you want to talk to us or you want to talk to just just reach out. I mean, it's, it's something we're all sort of processing and... Um, just yeah dealing with and and we wanted to take the time to respectfully process that and and not just sort of throw out whatever we're feeling at this moment on the show even though he's a dear friend um a, a long time listener of our show and a supporter of our podcast which is great and that's how i got to know him mostly mm. was through this and through burgers and brew and yeah we're gonna spend some time sort of internalizing and processing and grieving and reminiscing and yeah remembering the, a good friend yeah there's gonna be a lot of stories swapped next week i'm gonna look into what some of his favorite sure. movies were yeah and, sure and stuff like that but yeah the the loss is gonna leave a huge hole yeah. not only in in his family but in this community he was uh, a pillar of the beer yeah. industry in this town yeah and he will be sorely missed i suppose um on that note let's let's get into beer number one yeah that's that's, that's the way the, he'd want the it nature of the beast i think so too okay um these are some beers we've had we've had them Johnny's had them at his home for, uh, what do you think, three weeks? Mm, something like that. Two or three weeks. We had um, we put out a, 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 technically an older episode last week. I was traveling, and I believe we let our episode before that steep for about two weeks, so we haven't really come out with any new content for a couple weeks, but yeah. we did have these beers um, around then, and they're beers from a brewery in Texas called 903 Brewers. Uh, both of our beers today are from them. And the first one, Johnny Summers, would you do the honors of go ahead and, and saying that name? <laughs> yeah. This beer is called Musical Slushy. Nicely done. Uh, it is adjunct heavy. Yep. So we're going to be doing a Berliner style Weiss beer with Cara Cara orange, vanilla, and marshmallow. It's 13% alcohol. That one is not 13%. It's not? What no, is that this one's, one? That one's 6.2. Okay, good. Um, yeah, it's it's got, and I feel like at some point someone is going to, Come and, and get very upset with us if you keep saying Weiss instead of Vice. Vice. I also don't understand this part of your brain because you're usually the first person to jump on a crazy accent. Yeah. And the fact that you skip over a German accent every time instead of saying uh, Berliner Weiss, it drives <laughs> me crazy. I don't understand. But that is what it is. It's it, they, they call it a Berliner Weiss style ale. So there's probably some um, brewing creative liberties that were taken. But you have just taken your first sip, as I saw. But before you tell me what it tasted like or even what it smelled like, my friend, what are you looking at in your glass? Uh, well, it is like vividly orange. It is a, it looks like an orange peel almost. It's mm. it's a really interesting bright color, super uh, hazy. Not that it's a hazy beer, but it is very not see through. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, pretty dense looking. Uh, not other than that, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the really um, fun things that's happened in our market recently, in the, by which I mean the Chico Northern California market, is that we've gotten distribution of. A lot of slushy style beers. Yeah, um, like you said, this is called Moosicle uh, Moosicle Slushy, and we've done a couple over the I think over the past two months, maybe. Yeah, the last um, episode. two or three. The last was I think completely slushy yeah. beers. Um, Puff Tart from. Yeah. Do you remember? Oh no. Yep. All right. It's been a while. Yep. Uh, they were good. Sometimes they're hit or miss. Um, and this one, it looks just like those beers. It's super, super thick looking. It's if you, it's almost like if you give it a little swirl, like like you would wine. It's got some legs on it because there's so much sugar and fruit in this thing. Yeah. 
Um, I've not tried it yet, but I'm about to. Okay. But what did you think? Yeah, you smelled it and you tasted it. What did you think? Yeah, so it smells exactly like orange juice, like full-on pulp-filled orange juice. It's very, very spot-on to that. Yep. And I was expecting just, you know, what's that? Tropicana. Oh, sure. Yeah, or like Sunny D kind of thing. Yeah, but it does have a little bit of complexity. I'm not getting a ton of the vanilla, which I was hoping for. I think this might be your congestion speaking. Uh, Probably. You've had some allergies today. Yeah. There's a lot of vanilla. Okay. Yeah, it's, this is more like an orange creamsicle to me than orange juice. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is really good. It's pretty astringent. It's very um, yeah. very citric acidy. Mm-hmm. I'm getting heartburn already. Yeah, yep. um, and there's not enough vanilla, I'd agree, to, to cover that up. So it's a pretty tart beer also, but I, I enjoy it on my first drink. I also really dig the can, you know? Yeah, that's got nice branding. It's very uh, Christmas vacation themed. Uh, obviously, it's got the moose glassware on the front. Is that, what that's, is that what yeah, that's from? Yeah, it's okay. from that movie. Uh, it really reminds me of, I mean, obviously, like you said, congestion aside, yeah, very orange juicy. This is mm. kind of like a beer mosa. That's a nice way. But yeah, it, it is the more, the second drink I just had is more like that really rich orange juice, like mm-hmm. not necessarily fresh, like from concentrate orange juice, yeah. like you'd get at a bad, not a bad diner, but you know, uh, like a Denny's kind of diner mm-hmm. versus like mom's Oh, so you think Denny's isn't a bad diner? Uh, well, I don't want to throw shade at Denny's, you know, like right. there's a time and a place for most places. I, I love Jack's Diner. I hate Jack's Diner, but oh. that's because of college experiences um, when I had to go there with, at the time I didn't drink, so my drunk, lovely people. Yeah. Roommates. Mm-hmm. And just like, and there's, nobody's nice to the people that work at Jack's, by the way, at 2 a.m. Like they just get the worst treatment. Yeah. I was always nice. Yeah, that makes sense. After we close down Duffy's, sure. Stumble over there for chicken fried steak. Jack's twenty four hours. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll give it a. Sh- no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm a grown man. I'm not going back. <laughs> well, I'm a grown man, and I still eat there. Do you? Yeah. We just got takeout at Jack's the other day because I was too lazy. You to took cook it breakfast. to go. Yeah. You, that's like the one saving grace. Is like sometimes it's all it's open. You just got to stumble in. You specifically had it brought to your home. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Jack's is good. All right, I'll give it another shot. I yeah. guess. What's your favorite breakfast food? My favorite. This sucks because I don't eat pork. Mm-hmm. Breakfast went out the window basically for me like four years ago. Um, but you like eggs? I, the eggs are fine, dude. Scrambled or over easy? Uh, if I get, eat them by themselves, scrambled. Mm-hmm. But like if I get like I like eggs on stuff. Yeah. Do you like a Benedict? Yeah, but I can't have it because most of the time it's like ham, Canadian, Canadian, Canadian bacon. But just get it without that. So sometimes I'll sub it with for like avocado, and that's okay. But I don't love avocado. Go crazy and sub the ham for hash browns. And I don't love hash browns. I think potatoes are a bit of a waste of space. How dare you? I know. And so I'm not like, but the problem is some breakfast food's really good. I'll tell you what's great are the veggie uh, sausage patties at Cafe Coda here in Chico. Mm. I don't know what's in them. Their vegan and, and vegetarian stuff's really good. Yeah. If Man, they, we don't, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, if we get off topic, I guess. They their their vegan power bowl. I don't think it's called a power bowl. I think it's called their vegan bowl or something. The breakfast great. bowl. The breakfast bowl. Yeah, sure, probably. Um, Isn't it like a vegan hash? Like a vegan scramble? I've had maybe. it. Maybe it's good. No, there's there's an actual bowl. It's oh, it's called a tofu bowl. Is what it is. It's oh, just okay. a tofu bowl. Um, and that's they have like this um this like this vinaigrette that goes on top. I can't say what's in it. I'll be not that I know. I made it sound like I'll just be murdered <laughs> if I tell. Yeah. I don't know what's in it, but it's good. So I think all of those things. First of all would go well with this beer i agree so nice. I, nice most importantly we're gonna have to go to jack's again that's what's that's what you're taking away from this that's the most important i part? think so uh, okay 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 all right fine yeah but right. this is a good i mean if you're of the uh the morning drinking 
sure. mindset, this would be a fantastic <laughs> breakfast beer. Yeah, dude. So again, it's uh, it's six point two percent. You were saying thirteen because our second beer today is going to be thirteen. Um, this is six point two, and it drinks like that. It doesn't feel super alcohol no e or boozy or anything like that. It just is the main thing that is going to be the 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 deciding factor for I would guess most people is how acidic it is. Yeah. It's a lot. If you're a big orange juice fan and you don't mind that level of acidity, because I wouldn't say this has more I than an orange juice. I love orange juice. Really? I'll, I'll drink a whole glass of orange juice. No problem. Yeah. There's something about the combination of probably the alcohol, I guess, but also the orange is just, um, it's a lot. And, and then probably a little bit more sugar too. Yes. Which adds for to sure. the you know, inflammatory nature. Yeah. They wrote um, on this somewhere. Here it is. Um, they said, please read. This beer is packed with fruit and uh, much more than we've ever put into a beer and must be cared for. Unlike other beers, they give you steps for drinking it, which is keep it cold. Uh, turn over the can once before serving, which we did uh, to redistribute any settled fruit. Do not shake. Drink fresh uh, and enjoy and repeat with the next flavor. I would love to know if we're drinking it fresh, but unfortunately, 903 um, did not print the date on this. So I feel a little bit up a creek at the moment. Yeah, they're probably one of those brews that puts it on the four pack. The little plastic yeah. topper. Yeah. So, can I also say one more thing about the can that I didn't put in our notes because I couldn't find much information, but I still feel like we should shout it out. Uh, I wish you would. So, it says at the bottom, and I looked into it. It says this is a collaboration with our friends from DFW Whiskey Club, Dallas Fort Worth in Texas, of course. And I looked into what the DFW Whiskey Club was. I googled that. I googled it in combination with 903 Brewers. I googled the name of the beer. I couldn't find anything solid, so I don't really know what their contribution would be. It's certainly not a whiskey beer, so. If anybody from that region or perhaps the brewery is listening, uh, let us know. I really am curious. It's the most ambiguous collaboration ever. I know. It's like, like you know. What are they, the silent partner? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they like funded it. I have no idea. So uh, fhccast at gmail.com. Folks would be great if you would please enlighten us. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to say that I bet it was just kind of like they wanted to collab with them. So they let people from that organization come in and like pick some adjuncts. Oh, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah that happens. We've done that. We have done that. Yeah, with a uh, secret show. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Do you have anything else you want to add about Moosicle Slushy? I think this is a beer that you're going to love or you're going to hate. Um, it's really going to be a polarizing drinking experience. For me, I'm on the side of probably not liking it as much as the average person. So you hate it? I really don't like you it. You just backed yourself into that yeah. corner. You have no, to pick I, if you I love it or hate kind it. Of, <laughs> I kind of hate it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's annoying because I know that it's a good beer and it's a well-made beer. I'm not asking if you think it's a good beer. I mean, if you like it. No, I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it at all because it is just simply too orange juicy, too acidic. Uh, I don't like orange juice. So oh. what does that tell you? Yeah, well, it you tells know? me you're going to hate this beer. Exactly. So this one, not for me. It, it is well made, but mm-hmm. not for me. Um, I'm not subscribing to your belief system that this is going to be a love or hate only. I think this is a pretty average skewing better slushy beer. It is super acidic. I think the vanilla balances out pretty well. But still, the through line is that biting citric acidity. And I will I will submit that, yes, if you are a huge fan of orange juice, you'll probably like it a little more. Um, but if you do not like orange juice, don't drink this because yeah. it's very orange juicy. That's that's real fair. But I think it's I think it's OK, man. I think it's it's better than OK. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's fine. Uh, to help people with our weird vernacular. Should we just put it on a scale of one to ten? Yeah, let's good? do it. All right. What you got? It clocks at like a six two for me. That's your hate, or you're factoring that it's a good beer and all yeah. That stuff. All right, fair enough. I, I don't think I would drink it again, but I respect it. 
well, I'm not going along of what I do sometimes, which is factoring in your numbers when I have my numbers. So I'm sorry this won't work out logically for people. Mine, for my rating, it's a six. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, there's lots of variables. I, I like it more than you. You clearly think it's better made than I do, I think is the biggest difference. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I like beers that are interesting. You know how I feel about that word. Yeah. What do you mean interesting? It's just I haven't had this flavor in a beer before. There's been some orange forward, yeah. like, you know, hazy IPAs, like citrus IPAs, but this is, it's straight up alcoholic Sunny D. Yeah. That's kind of, that's a good branding. That's, I like it more than I say that. I'm like, oh yeah, that is kind of what it is. That's fun. I mean, it really does have that flavor of yeah. it's Sunny D. We did, we talked about Sunny D recently too, about a beer. I think it was another slushy. I remember because I talked about like the weird film. If it's mm, on my teeth, yeah. I can like grind them and it kind of hurts my ears. Yep. <laughs> Gotta love Sunny D. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's Moosicle Slushy. Uh, from 903 Brewers. Once again, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema on possibly KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get a chance to try this or any beers from 903 Brewers, we do want to know what you think, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, and if you want to post a cute pic of yourself drinking it on your MySpace grams or your Twitter spheres, tag us at Fresh Hop Cinema. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, you want to leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. So coming now is a trailer for this week's movie, The Tragedy of Macbeth, but fear not, for there are no spoilers in the next segment. Was that Shakespeare? Yeah. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. My husband. King that shall be. We should fail. We fail. Didst thou not hear noise? Methought I heard a voice cry, sleep no more. A bold one. That dare look upon that which might appall the devil. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. Hopefully you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, Chico's local radio station. Subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion in its entirety. It'll be available tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on all podcast platforms. What you just heard was a trailer for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Max, give me a synopsis. Okay, in case you've never heard of Macbeth somehow or you don't remember, uh, here's a, sort of a synopsis from the internet that I've kind of added a few things into, which says, a Scottish lord, that's Macbeth, played here by the one and only Denzel Washington, is given a prophecy by a trio of witches, all played by Catherine Hunter in this film, that he will, against all odds, become the next king of Scotland. And his ambitious wife, played by Frances McDormand, will do anything to support him in his plans of seizing power. So in this first film, not by the Coen brothers, but by a Coen brother, Joel Coen, we get a retelling of the classic Shakespeare play Macbeth. It's a story of ambition and greed, loyalty and betrayal, power and control. Johnny, tell me more. Yeah, this was released uh, at the New York Film Festival. It hit a few theaters with limited releases right around Christmas last year. 
Uh, it became available on Apple TV Plus on January 14th this year, 2022. It was produced by Joel Cohen, Francis McDormand, and Robert Graff. It runs an hour and 45 minutes. The cinematographer was Bruno Del Bono. Uh, he did Inside Lewin Davis, which is a big favorite of yours. If Love I Inside Lewin Davis. I uh, still haven't seen it. Oh my God. Are you serious? I need to watch that. Which is also a Coen Brothers movie, actually. Uh, and he also was a cinematographer on Darkest Hour and The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, another Coen uh, anthology. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so how did we get Tragedy of Macbeth on our radar? Do you remember? You said you want to watch this, and I Googled it and said, uh, yes. That's right. I was I was scouring the internet. I have this sort of running list on Letterboxd of movies I need to watch from 2021 that I haven't seen. And very few are available to the, to the point where I, or haven't been released to sort of the public, and we don't have press screeners for almost anything ever. We're not famous. We'll enough. get there. Yeah. Um, but for now, nothing was there. And I was like looking for like backdoor websites to try to find. I was like, okay, I found it on this one website. Do you want to watch it? And you were like, dude, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, like let's watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... What did you? What do you? What do you think of Macbeth? Do you ever think about Macbeth? Do you know this story and and whether or not you do? What What did you think of this telling of it? Um, yeah, I'm fairly familiar with the story. I actually read through a few of Shakespeare's plays in high school, um, like out loud with a few people. So did I. Yeah, so I think a lot of people did that. So I was you know most familiar with Hamlet, where I I was reading the role of Horatio and like a couple other people. But I do remember Macbeth. You know, it's it's one of the classic tragedies. So fairly familiar with the story and I was very curious to see what the retelling would be like and look like mm-hmm. really curious the first thing that got me was the cast and then also the director sure and I said well my goodness this is uh this is a recipe for success yeah so uh, I went into it with a rough idea of the story and essentially very curious to see what what they did with it and what I found was very very directly pulled from Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, with a with a Shakespeare based anything, you're always wondering if you're gonna get the nineteen ninety six Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. Sure, 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 sure. Or, you know, what what incarnation is this gonna be? Is this gonna be a modernization? Yeah. Okay, wait, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I spent some time writing a sentence and you're gonna just you're gonna answer my question before I get a chance to ask it. Okay. So <clears throat> Johnny, now, (laughs) I vividly remember a time also in my senior year of high school where our entire English class read Macbeth, and I also vividly remember not understanding very much of it. Mm. So, sir, in a cinematic day and age where old stories are reheated, reinvented, sometimes completely reworked, I was both pleasantly surprised and mildly frustrated with how closely I needed to pay attention to the dialogue that Joel Cohen gave to his actors because it's darn close to the original Shakespeare play. Joel Cohen admitted that the film uses, quote, 85% of the language, unquote, from Shakespeare's Macbeth. Johnny Summers, how did that choice work for you? So it was a lot to pay attention to. That was the most difficult part because when you're reading Shakespeare, you have time to evaluate words, possibly look them up sure. and um, in order to to grasp the, the intended uh, meaning. Uh, so many of these words I just didn't know, didn't mm-hmm. remember. So there was a lot of verbiage in this that was confusing. Um, and so if you're just reading the subtitles of this movie, which I did, it was hard to follow. Mm-hmm. It was very wordy, very difficult. And a lot of times I had to pause and kind of just mentally evaluate what's going on, who's who's against who here, what's the plot, what's it, what is this, this treasonous intent? You know, we had to take some time. Yeah. What really helped convey this movie was Denzel Washington. Yeah. His performance embodied the emotions of Shakespeare in a way that 
you didn't need to understand the words he was saying. You could interpret the way he was saying them and his acting, and you could get it. But the problem with that was the only person that pulled that off that actually executed that for me was Denzel. Sure. Everyone else really kind of fell a little into that monotonous, you know, the the pentameter, and it was just so hard to follow. That was my number one complaint. Denzel was a bright, shining star in this, and if everyone would have acted with the depth and range that he brought with his his expressions and just the way he delivered that dialogue, it made it so identifiable. It, It became like a universal language. And it was just him, though. He he couldn't do it all. So it's Denzel. It's Denzel. He was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, everyone else, their dialogue was really hard to follow, and they didn't bring that that way of conveying it. Yeah. So it made yeah. it increasingly difficult to follow the plot. Luckily, I had a, a rough framework of what the plot was anyway. But as a movie, that made it less enjoyable. Can we talk about black and white for a minute? Yes. Great. Uh, so 2021 was actually pretty full of black and white films. Uh, the first one we actually covered was Malcolm and Marie. Yes, uh, which is is was Sam Levinson, who was the director of a lot of Euphoria episodes, so it had a certain vibe. Um, but we also got Belfast, which we covered on the show. Passing, which is another movie that I've seen. Come on, come on, which is a Joaquin Phoenix film that I don't think you've seen either, right? No, not yet. Um, I think you can make the argument that at least a part of the French Dispatch, you know, mm-hmm. is black and white. And in all those, it's a very deliberate choice, and 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 it has each of those has their own reasons for telling their story in black and white. Uh, but here. It's a different kind of black and white. It's super contrasty. It's moody. Um, the particular way they shot this, and you mentioned the cinematographer, Bruno Del Bonnell, um, especially when you pair with that aspect ratio, that really almost 4-3 thing, mm-hmm. lends itself really effectively to like the gothic horror vibe of this. Yeah. There's a particular scene uh, of a like a stalkery thing that happens in a wheat field, mm-hmm. which was like a legit scary scene for me. Yeah. And I think that's partially because of the cinematography, partially because of how they shot it. Um, just from angles and things like that, um, and also the aspect ratio. But what what did you think of just the look, the texture of the film itself? I really liked the aesthetics. Mm. Um, part of what kept me so engaged was just the overall look of the film. Yeah, it, it reminded me of movies made in the the forties, fifties, and sixties. Mm. You know, this could have been made in in the fifties, or this could have been a Bela Lugosi film. Like, no, no, you who's disagree? that? Who's that? Sorry, no, I didn't. I didn't disagree. Who? What are you <clears> saying? Did you no. Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. He Don't was know. um like one of the biggest horror actors. He was oh, like the original, like the vampire movies. He was sure. the Mummy, the Wolfman. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, like Lon Chaney. It's, yeah, okay. It's there's a big history there. So this felt like a movie that could have been ripped right out of the you know the late fifties, early sixties if yeah. it wasn't for you know Denzel and recognizable actors. Uh, but I loved the the use of shadows and just the way it displayed, you know, om- ominous yeah, intent yeah, and yeah. just it created such a mood. It was used in a very effective way. Fair, yeah. Um, overall, enjoyed it. Enjoyed oh, maybe is the wrong word. Yeah, I was engaged mm-hmm. um, mainly because I had to be. Um, I haven't felt the desire to rewatch it. I don't know if it was an enjoyable film to watch. Yeah, you know, and there's that thing we talk about where it just because it's not enjoyable to watch doesn't mean it was a good wasn't a good yeah, movie totally. uh but just yeah as a as a movie watcher i was not super jazzed on it you know in the moment i remember thinking wow that was like really powerful mm-hmm. you know there's sometimes you watch a movie and you say that was good sometimes you say that was important sometimes mm-hmm. you say that was an epic feat of filmmaking 
this falls somewhere a little bit into the category of all three. I wouldn't call it massively enjoyable, but it was really cool to look at. And um, if you're into Shakespeare and you mm-hmm. love that style of, mm-hmm. of dialogue and stuff, it's going to be right up your alley. Um, personally, as a movie, I thought it could have um, been a bit more modernized just to make it easier to follow. So, but you're going into a Shakespeare movie, you kind of have to anticipate that. Yeah. So is it fair to hold that against it? Right. You mentioned that Francis McDormand's a producer on this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know the Coen brothers, they're a duo of, of brothers, obviously, who have made most of their films together in the past. And this is the first time that one of them has gone on since um, one of their, I think their first movie, uh, which is escaping me for some reason at the moment. Um, but this is the first time that Joel Cohen's done something on his own. And Francis McDormand is actually the one that approached him and wanted to do this as a, as a play, wanted to actually just do it on Broadway, I think, and, and do the performance. And he wasn't interested in that, but he, he roped her in by saying, well, let's just make a movie about it. And his brother didn't want to be a part of it. Um, but this movie plays a lot like a play from everything, just even the, the staging, like a lot of this takes place on sound stages. You can tell like, even stuff that appears to be in like a big field is just I think on a big soundstage, mm-hmm. um, but that gave them the creativity and the the leeway and the tools to be able to craft some of this really interesting. There I am with interesting again, um, dynamic and contrasty and moody lighting that they got to do. And, and you get some great shots. There's one early on when Denzel's character Macbeth sees these three witches and it's just one person standing, but the reflection in the water is three of them. Uh, and there's some really great awe inspiring shots. So I'm with you. I think this movie I think it'll be for people that really love the craft of movie making or love Shakespeare. It's going to be tough for the average moviegoer, I think, to want to watch this. Yeah, you have to want to want it. It can feel, I think, very easily, uh, very bougie and inaccessible mm-hmm. and like a movie that's going for uh, award season attention. Yeah, it felt like an attempt at highbrow. It, Yeah, and maybe in a different director's hands, it might have just come off as chummy. But I think for the most part, Joel Cohen pulls it off. And it achieves what he's trying to do without it feeling so unattainable to the or inaccessible maybe to the to the average viewer, because like you said, if you do put in the work and you try to understand it, I think that's there. And the performances, I think by by Denzel and Francis McDormand, uh, really help push push the viewer along. Yeah, I agree. Um, since we're running short on time for our radio cut of this, why don't you give me an out of ten? Okay, for me, Macbeth was seven point seven. Seven seven. That seems fair. Extra point seven points because Denzel was magnificent. Yeah, it's Denzel. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can say that all day about anything. It's Denzel. I think mm-hmm. every movie has been made better, probably that we've covered, would have gotten a worse rating if it wasn't for Denzel Washington. Yeah, that's fair. For me, it's a seven. I think it's really great. I I'll I tried to watch it twice because I think it had that sort of density to it, um, but I only got a uh, time to get through it halfway the second time. And we'll unpack some more in the danger zone over spoilers. In the meantime, Johnny Summers, do you have anything else on the tragedy of Macbeth? I do not. I think we're done, man. Let's move on. Once again, you have been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, maybe on KZFR 90.1 FM. The tragedy of Macbeth is currently available on Apple TV Plus if you get the chance to see it. And you have thoughts of your own? Find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com, for film reviews, beer reviews, and podcast episodes going all the way back to 2016. To our KZFR listeners, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for The Tragedy of Macbeth, a review of our second beer from 903 Brewers, plus the unpredictable Hot and Bothered segment, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. And to those of you already listening on a podcast app, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to talk spoilers in the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. 
Welcome to the danger zone. As Johnny said, if you were a listener earlier, that's what we're coming back with. Yeah. I think it was just if you're listening to the podcast, but now everybody's listening to the podcast because that's the only realm in which the danger zone exists. If you don't know, the danger zone is, for practical purposes, your final warning if you haven't seen the tragedy of Macbeth. That, what accent that was? Macbeth. Macbeth. I'm doing like the witch, I think. Yeah. Macbeth. Macbeth. <laughs> um, we're going to spoil it is the point. So... Um, if it hasn't been spoiled for you <laughs> hundreds of years hundreds, ago, yeah. there are some, uh, there's a couple differences, none that really affect the outcome of the plot, but some differences I wanted to talk about between the original text and the Cohen film. Ooh, I want that. I have the list. Would you also please hand me my book? My very cool cheat sheet. I was going to chime in earlier, but we didn't have time. Um, cause you were mentioning pausing and sort of translating some of the language. I had this book in high school. Um, I don't know why I have this box. Well, I just moved. That's part of it. And this box of books happens to be on top of this pile of moving stuff. And it's a book. It's a box of books from high school. And I had this book while we read Macbeth. And it's the entire play on the left side. And on the right side is a modern interpretation of the words. That's cool. I'll give you an example. I think that's what everybody wants right now. I want it. <laughs> um, let me find. Who do you want? What do you just pick? Give me, a character. Just flip through random page. All right. All right. Point a finger. Go. go. Our self will. This is this is Macbeth. Our self will mingle with society and play the humble host. Our hostess keeps her state, but in best time we will require her welcome. And now the modern. I will walk around and mingle with all of you, playing the humble host. My wife will stay here in her royal chair, but at the appropriate time I'll have her welcome you. That's, Way less poetic, but I understand that. Gets the point across. Yeah, there's like there's also like these little annotations that sort of translate old sayings. Like right before Macbeth and uh, Macduff have their final fight in the play, he says that he's like chained up as, or he's, he's um, I can't remember the phrasing, he's uh, tethered as a bear. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But apparently, according to the little sidebar, it says, uh, well, they used to like tie up bears and like make them fight things. Hmm. So that makes more sense. Yeah. It was more confusing than that. I spelled it out. You probably figured that out by the way I said it, but it was more confusing in the text. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I don't know why I said all this, but well, I have a book. The book is interesting. <laughs> I think it's important to know that there's books out there that make Shakespeare more accessible. Like, yeah. I would love to read that. Yeah. I think it's sort of the equivalent of like be just being able to go back and appreciate it, knowing that you're not having to listen to every single word trying to understand it and you kind of know where it's going and then you can appreciate everything else. Yeah, exactly. If you know the intent of the dialogue, you can appreciate the roles of the actors and sure. the performances way yeah. more. Yeah. Um, the movie ends with uh, Macduff and Macbeth. <laughs> I thought you were having, just going to say the, the movie, movie ends. That's all movies do. Um, no, with them having a sword fight. Yeah. That's different than in the play. They do have a sword fight in the play, but you don't really see much of it. I read this one today myself just to make sure this article that I was stealing from um, was not lying to me. And the way that the movie ends, they have this big duel. Yeah. And uh, Macbeth dies because his crown gets knocked off his head. He's trying to get it back, and he is decapitated. Mm -hmm. That's probably what happens in the play, but we don't see it. And I thought that was a, a pretty bold choice. It's, I mean, it's a little on the nose, actually. I don't know that I loved it because it kind of just spells out how greedy he was and powerful and ambitious. And yeah, so you go. I, on I that get guy. it. Like I got it to that point, um, but it was a surprise because I didn't know that I was going to see that happen. Yeah. Did you like that sword fight? I did. It was cool. It was, especially like the close quarters. They were fighting on a yeah a okay. rampart. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Battlement, but a rampart's better. Battlement's cool too. Um, there were murder holes, so it might be technically a battlement. I don't, is that the difference? I think so. <sighs> murder holes are archer spots? Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, anything. You can hot oil. Oh, sure. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Anything that would murder, you put through the hole. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
is there, are there any spoilers you want to talk about in particular or things we want to touch on that we didn't have a chance to? I mean, spoiling something this old and well-known yeah. seems uh, unnecessary. Sure. And you kind of did just spoil the main yeah, thing, too. Yeah. That was yeah. the only thing probably was the sword fight and the that Macbeth dies. But it's a tragedy. If the main character didn't die, what kind of tragedy would it be? I guess that's probably true. Um, I have a hard time getting invested in plots like this. Partially because yeah. I know what's going to happen. I guess that's part of it. But also because so often I'm like, hey, dude, don't just don't do that. Yeah. Like his whole thing, the reason he feels like he's invulnerable is because the witches are like, no man born of a woman can kill you. And it's like, they're clearly tricking you. Mm-hmm. Have you not read Shakespeare? It, like, <laughs> like You got to check the wording on that. And like at every turn, he's getting more and more cocky. But it happens really quickly. Like at first he's like, not for a minute. He's like, maybe I shouldn't do all this. There was... Like a solid fifteen minutes there when his wife was convincing him. Yeah, before he actually killed the king when the king was in his house that's and true. he was fighting with that. There was you know minuscule amount of inner turmoil, and then it went to just like rage, just like fully raging dictator. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah, and I get that it's more of an allegory and and, and sort of a lesson about human nature, but but I don't know if it worked for me um, cinematically. Yeah, when you're trying to convey you know a parable about humanity and ego and greed uh that's supposed to be a a book you know that's been turned into stage productions into a film there's there's a lot of layers to peel back there Mm. and it's it's a complicated dance to to execute yeah for sure um all right well that's basically all i got i think yeah i don't think i have much else man i think we covered just about everything i want to talk about yeah well then i suppose it's beer number two time yeah. Um, yeah, let's do it. We already have it. I was going to say, we did, this is the first time we've recorded in the same room in a little bit. Uh, we don't have to pause anything. We can just roll out. Like, do we have to go get the beer? No, yeah, the beer's no, here. Do we have to do a break in the recording? No, we don't. It's it's all happening, it's baby. It's all here, baby. Right here, live time. We are pouring. What are we pouring, you ask? I'm pouring Rocky Road Reserve Stout. It's a chocolate, peanut, and marshmallow-flavored imperial stout, once again, from 903 Brewers. This one, for sure, is 13%. (laughs) Yes, it is. All right. So what it says on the can is, our Rocky Road Reserve Stout is an invitation to indulgence. This imperial stout's wealth of confectionery layers sits atop a rich and bittersweet dark chocolate base. Flavors of sweet marshmallow, creamy vanilla, milky chocolate, and roasted peanut delectably intertwine in this stout, evoking all the luscious joy of Rocky Road. A full finish punctuates the ambrosial experience oh nice this beer pairs well with mushroom pizza fudge brownies and fuzzy blankets all at once all at once i guess that would be mushroom pizza is the only i I guess i've had mushrooms on pizza but i've never ordered a mushroom pizza i that's like a go-to is mushroom black olive pizza no that's mushroom black olive pizza yeah not mushroom do you ever get pizza with just mushrooms no but i'd eat it i love mushrooms i would eat it too i guess but nobody's ordering it no. I've never seen that on a menu. I've seen mushroom sausage pepperoni. Yeah, it's always mushroom and other stuff. Yes. Mushroom artichoke. Maybe I've it's had. a maybe it's a Texas thing. Maybe, maybe it's like, you know, it hasn't caught on. It's like a tri-tip, but you know, on the pizza. And like we'll get it in like 30 years. Maybe. I don't know. Everyone loves pizza in this country. I feel like if just mushroom pizza yeah. was a thing, we'd have heard about it. I think maybe those guys just like you know, the earthy notes of mushroom probably pair well with this sweet this beer. This better be earthy as fuck. This beer better <laughs> taste like goddamn mushrooms. Well, no, it smells like a brownie. Okay, then that works. Like, it pairs with brownies. I don't know why I'm getting all up in arms about this yet. You're just really mad just about gonna, the mushroom pizza. I don't like mushrooms You're that like, much. Like, hey, guys. 
I'm into this beer, but why the fuck do I have yeah, to get like, a mushroom pizza? <laughs> Don't tell me what to order yeah. from Domino's. Yeah, I have mostly Domino's. Be like, who? What do you? We do cheese and pepperoni. If you ordered that from Domino's, they would put extra toppings on there because they feel bad for you. Yeah, probably. Is Domino's the like trashy one? Some people think like one is really, really bad. I Domino's, think Domino's used to be trash. Okay, they've gotten way better. This is what you're saying about Jack's, though. And now I'm not going to. No, Jack's has always been the same. Like, well, Jack's yeah. has never changed. I'll never change. I don't like mushroom pizza. <laughs> That's fine. You just tried it. Not I the did. mushroom pizza, the beer, which yeah. pairs well, allegedly, with. You get it. Well, how is it? <laughs> you're not going to let this pizza go, are <laughs> yeah, you? I'm done with it. I'm over it. All now. right. We're good. Um, man. I could go for pizza, though, to be honest with you. I'm pretty hungry now. Maybe we'll get pizza after this. That sounds great. All right. Uh, so this beer is straight up fudge brownie. Like, that's decadent, rich, chocolatey dessert. You made a terrible face. Don't worry about me. You what, do you. what is going on over Just there? Just keep talking about yours. I'll, I'll <laughs> deflate you in a minute. It smells nice. It's got like a brownie batter. You tried it, it, right? Yeah. What is wrong with Mine's you? bad. I what? don't like it. Um, That was incredibly bad. It um is hmm. not a flavor, any of it, that I enjoy. Um. I realize how I probably don't seem objective at this point because of how much I talked about, you know, a moment ago that I just said I wouldn't mention again. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I need to try it again. That's not at all what I expected. That drank like a Coca-Cola in terms of body and was very sweet. And I need to try it again. It does have a lot of caramel flavors somewhere in there, which might be, you know, trending you towards Coca-Cola. Oh, no, you- there's, that's bad. There's something in there that I do not like. Really? Is that. Wow. Um, that's um Could it be man. The roasted peanut? I don't think so. That's I don't want to speak out of turn, so I'm gonna wait one more. I'm gonna try I'm gonna drink one more drink. You just did a little sort of head tur- torque thing. Yeah. What's yours about? I don't know. It's hard to put my finger on it. It's making the sides of my tongue a little numb. It's tingly, right? It's very tingly. Yeah. Um it's incredibly sweet. I'm gonna try it again. Here I go. Try it again. I don't hate it. It's it's not as full body as I expected. I thought I was going to be having a much more like smooth experience. Like the Coca-Cola thing you said really is kind of spot on. It's it's a lot tingly, very effervescent, uh, a little thin. Um, I'm not hating the flavors as much as you are, though, I think. This is one of the worst stouts I've had this year. What? Not this year. I'm sorry. Last year. I don't like this at all. And I'm really sorry. And I hope they're not listening. I really hope maybe they answered my first question about the first beer, and then we're like, these guys are dumb. I'm turning it off. On the off chance they are listening, I apologize. Uh, not everything can be everybody's cup of Coke, but I don't like this. See, I don't know if I'm just congested, but I don't. it's not playing as very sweet at all to me. I think you're just congested. Okay. Because you didn't pick up on that vanilla either. Yeah. But what's weird to me is you're not getting any like biting, piercing notes that I'm getting. I'm no. Like you are. No? Not so much. Um, This is terrible. Yeah. I hate it. Okay. I hate this beer. I think it's it's underwhelming is as far as I'd go. But you know, you do you. No, it's not it's not underwhelming to me. It is so overwhelming. It's hmm. just so not subtle and um aggressive in a terrible way. It's not thick and luscious like a stout. It would not go with brownies, maybe, unless you maybe mix the brownie into it. It thicken it up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just feeling sassy today. I probably am. Um, but no. No, sir. What flavors is there too much of? This really It's like this weird sort of corn syrupy kind of sweetness. I've got to try it again. Now I got to talk about it more. And I'm super concerned that my taste is off cuz I had COVID 2 weeks ago. So 
I don't know what's going on. It's dude. It's almost like it's almost like a grape flavor, like a like a like a grape syrup flavor, and that's not even that's not right. But hmm. it's it's like a it's it smells good to me. I haven't even I didn't really take time to smell it. It smells good. Like it smells nice, chocolatey. It does smell good. Little rose. It smells really nice. Um, grapes maybe not right. Maybe cherry. There's some kind of berry sweetness that is not unlike a, a cough syrup kind of sweetness, and that goes right in line with the sort of corn syrupy kind of. Uh, it's it's dark chocolate. I don't know. Maybe it is. It might yeah. be dark chocolate. You know, like when real dark baker's chocolate kind of tastes like blueberries. I do, and I hate that stuff. That's what so that, that is. That could be what that is. You might be right. Because the f- big, you know, swished it around a little bit, I'm getting tons of like baking chocolate. And if you're not prone to that, dude, that would kill it for you. Because that's what it is. It's that, you know what? Baking chocolate's so bitter, it's almost yeah, yeah. sweet. I, I hate that. Yeah, I hate Dude, that. that's what it is. Guaranteed. The other thing is the tingle factor from the alcohol. Yeah. This is weirdly uh, an unusual sort of 13% reveal because it, 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 um, it has none of the body to back that up mm. and it doesn't even have the traditional heat of a 13% ABV, but there is a ton of alcohol there. I'm not sure how it's manifesting. I think it's just the heaviness on my tongue. I think it's manifesting in hatred right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, man, you might be right. It might be baking chocolate. It might just be dark chocolate that I don't like. Um, but it also could just be the rest of it is bad too. It might be, but it is really, I like baking chocolate a lot. I love dark chocolate flavors. Yeah. Okay. So, and they say that that's what the base of this is. You know, the aftertaste is good. I don't know how long ago I took that drink, but the aftertaste is nice. Yeah. That feels like I just ate a brownie. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. If there was a, yeah. I think if the ratio of milk chocolate to baking chocolate was reversed, you'd probably like it way more. That's totally possible. But I don't know. It's, it's like, you know, it could be, uh, it's just, I don't know. It could be the baking chocolate. I think there's more sweetness though. And I wish you weren't congested today so that I could maybe rely more on the fact that you are tasting what I'm tasting. Yeah. But this is the situation we're in. So, you know, we play the cards. How that. much was this? Do you remember? It was expensive, dude. It wasn't cheap. That's or why were these, the $5 ones. No, we got the more expensive ones. Cause we were going to be drinking them in the same room. Yeah. Supposed oh, to that's s- true. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. The, the man, I wish I could think of who did the puff tart. It's like and me. the straw barb. Yeah, I can almost think of it. I can't quite get it. I want you to Google it, but also I want you to keep struggling. To I'm not going to Google it. Uh, the point is the fact that I think these were ten dollars then. Yeah, which is uh, hard no, hard no, hard no. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Um, the level I'm, of great beer you can get for ten bucks for a sixteen ounce can, or if not a four pack, I guess, but like a six pack. It's you know a six pack of twelvers. Yeah, I, tens. You know, little, that's gonna be tough. Sierra Nevada, I guess, but. Yeah, but other than that, but like a sing, single can wise, Dude, um, this yeah. is way upper tier. And usually for the $10, I mean, they re-released and rebrand, not rebranded, but like redid their price structure at um, Alesmith uh-huh. and Vietnamese Speedway Stout <sharp> is all day. six bucks a 16 ounce can right now. What? Yeah. That's a great deal. All their that. prices dropped on on Speedway Stout. So I like Speedway Stout. I love Speedway Stout. I, I drank that one time at the, uh, the Goose. Yeah. Oh, probably more than once. Yeah. Good memories there, huh? That Great was memories. simpler, wasn't it? It was. I miss that. Those yeah. were better times. They were better times. <sighs> Nobody tells you. <laughs> you about to quote Andy Dwyer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, bonus point for the week. This is our weekly trivia. We do it every week on the show. If you know what Cody's about to say, email us with the answer to your chance to win a free fucking <laughs> Rocky Road Reserve Stout. Uh, Half drank. Asterisk has been opened. <laughs> Um, All right, rate this shit. Beer, I don't dude. care. It's a fucking you know, 
I don't know. It's a two. I'm gonna give it a two because it's been fun drinking it with you. There you go. That's it. it it's a it's five five. I think it's too heavy on the dark chocolate for you. I would not spend the money to try this again once my taste buds are up to snuff. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm it's getting fine. like a sugar headache. <laughs> like like legit. I've got like a, like a something growing in the like right here. It's like in the back of my neck. Like that's just the tension. It's stress tension. That's just stress. From, partially from this beer. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I don't need no, to rag on it you know, much longer. You're just mad about mushroom pizza. I really am. <laughs> I'm mad that I want some. Um. All right. Uh, that's sorry. Nine three. If you're listening, I really. I'm. You know. We're sorry. doing the best we can. I'm. Pro- I'm promise. I'm not. Like. I don't know. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm not sorry. It's a 5-5. Five five. Yeah, it's a 2 for me. Rocky Road Reserve Stout. That's 903 Brewers. You can get it at Spikes if you want. Prove us wrong. We could just be having a weird day. Um, I'm open also to trying more stuff from them, especially if you guys wanted to send it. I don't know why you would, but if you're so inclined, you can uh, you can get in touch. I'd love to try more of your stuff because I really did like that first beer. Yeah, the first beer was way better. Seems like a decent enough segue into Hot and Bothered, yeah? Yeah. Hot and all right, welcome to Hot and Bothered. So what's the deal with mushroom pizza? So what's guys? the hey? I can't do a Seinfeld, so what's the deal with mushroom right. pizza? I was gonna go like, what's the deal? And that's I don't know who that who is. is that? I'm not sure. I don't know who that guy is. Hot and bothered is the portion of this podcast where we talk about what's got us really excited for the week, really bummed out. Um, we just lumped it all into one, called it a sexual innuendo, mm-hmm. called it a day. That's it, and man. I don't know when we started that, but it's been a while. Yeah, and it's it's stuck. Yeah, here we are. Um I'm gonna make a motion. That there's enough shittiness happening that we try just each to talk about something positive. Yeah. And call that a day for hot and bothered. I agree. There's way too much sadness and negativity and loss. And yeah. In, the, in both of our personal it lives. Sucks. It's not it's just, good. It's uh, terrible. We'd just bum you guys out. Yeah. And that's like this podcast can be a lot of things, but that is not a thing we want to be. No. And we will appropriately talk about things when the time comes. But for now, I could use a little... Uh, endorphin boost that's not the right thing sure it is serotonin What's serotonin that's yeah. the one thanks yep so let's each take a minute we can make it a uh, podcast magic minute if we need more than one I got second two things okay why don't you kick it off i'm ready i've been ready bro i had a whole week off from covid i was sitting at home i was going hog wild watching stuff that i haven't watched i watched the entire season one of witcher the entire season two of witcher and i caught up completely on peacemaker and the mandalorian so what do you want to hear first? Well, first I want to hear about The Witcher because that's the last thing you and I talked about. Yes. Because uh, I said, and I will quote now that you've seen it, I said in this order, I said, I hated the way the season two of Witcher ended. Wait a minute. Have you seen The Witcher 2? And you said no. And I said, I don't have thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think of, of, spoiler alerts, should we say, for The Witcher? No. I'm okay. going to keep it spoiler free. Okay. It's too fresh. And those episodes are really dense. There's a lot to get through. So I can see people not binging it. Okay. Then what did you what did you think of season two overall is what I want to know. I really liked it. Okay. Really, really liked Even it. Even the way it ended? Even the way it ended. Cool. Great. Um, we'll talk off air, I guess, about what you That's didn't fine. like about it. Okay. I um, can't remember now. It feels like it was a year ago. Okay. I'll, re- I'll think of it. There was a final battle. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk off air. Okay. I don't know. I kind of want to spoil it now. That's what I'm saying, dude. Fine. Here's the thing. We're going to spoil the last episode. So skip. You can literally open your podcast episode, skip f- or um, app, skip forward. Uh, we'll say 30 seconds. That's all this will take. Skip it now. Here's your warning 30 ish. Maybe skip 45 to be safe. Here we go. It was the like the exorcism scene, right? Like, there was an exorcism, basically. She gets possessed by, like, that demon yeah. that Yennefer let out of the fucking woods. Yeah. I do not like it because I just saw that in another show. Oh, really? 
And I think it was probably Wheel of Time, though I can't mm. remember right now. Was there an exorcism in that? Yep, there was when yeah. the little dude stole the dagger. Yes. Yeah. And I just feel like it's becoming like an easy way of like shorthanding metaphors and like in, in, in the case of Matt from the Wheel of Time, like greed and anger and whatever. I get it. And here's just like, great, we get to go into like her psyche and the whole thing where like a main character is like screaming in the ear of and they're like, you just got to fight. I believe in you. Hear my voice. It's like, I've seen it so many times and I don't care. And I don't particularly think Henry Cavill has the acting breadth to deliver that sort of thing convincingly. It just felt done to me. It did, but it was a small segment of one episode. Thank God. That's true. If they would have drugged that out for multiple episodes of her yes. being possessed, I would have been thumbs down. Okay. That's just, I don't know if anybody's actually skipping forward, but that's about our time for spoilers. Just so you know. All right. Max hated the way it ended. I thought it was completely <laughs> fine. And I thought it did great things for that character. So I dug it and I can't wait for season three. Which character? Witcher character. Sorry. Witcher character. Did great things for? Uh, The young girl. What's her name? Siri. Siri. Yes, Cirilla. 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 Yeah. Okay, great. Checked off the list. That's Witcher. Um, uh, Book of Boba Fett. Is that what you said? Yeah. Or Mandalorian? No, I said Book of Boba Fett. I said Mandalorian. Yeah, you meant meant Book of Boba Fett. Okay, great. And if you're caught up, there was kind of a surprise episode of The Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett. And if you're not, heads up. No, it's nothing to be, it's no spoilers. It was awesome. I watched one episode of that so far. It takes time because Boba Fett's not the character that you maybe think he's going to be. Sure. There's a lot more politics and diplomacy. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. We get a whole backstory that we've never had on him. Essentially, the first scene in this series is him emerging from the sarlacc pit yeah it's not the part yeah. yeah which is dope and if you're a fan of parks and rec pat oswald called this there are videos online of him calling for a boba fett series oh, in cool. parks and rec it was mm-hmm. like a town council meeting yeah, yeah right and oh right right i've seen i've seen this video yeah it's shot you, for shot shot for yeah, shot and they have the side by side him a hand emerges from the sand yeah yeah it's fantastic but really into it uh it's been five Episode six just dropped last night. I'm going to go home and catch up on it tonight. Uh, But I've really enjoyed it. It's not anywhere close to as good as The Mandalorian. Which I also didn't finish now that I think about it. You got to finish. I didn't love it, dude. I don't love Star Wars. Like, I have a hard time getting sucked into that sort of sci-fi realm. Just pretend it's high fantasy. But it isn't. It's high fantasy in space. It's, yes, but the stuff I like about high fantasy is not necessarily the... the, you know, the plots, it's the characters and the worlds in which they live. I love environments and worlds and textures and like you, I don't understand why you're saying words that make me think you would love the Mandalorian. I just don't like space stuff like that. I like forests and, and caves and trolls and orcs and all that okay. shit and magic. So I don't earth, like blasters and spaceships. I don't like care. Earth-based fantasy. Well, not earth specifically, uh, yeah. terrestrial planets. There you go. Yeah. I don't care about spaceships, I guess. I want some terra firma in my fantasy. Exactly. Bro. Yeah. Take me to Idaho. I'm good. There you go. Call it a day. <laughs> Lots of dirt out there. You said a third thing. Um, so anyways, I like The Mandalorian Good. a lot so far. It's not- And The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Great. Sure. It's Sorry. never going to- You can call it The Mandalorian. I don't care. I know what you mean. I'm never going to not do that because <laughs> it's- Yeah. It feels like the same show, but different. Yeah. Worth a watch though, okay. for sure. And then the third thing is James Gunn's The Peacemaker series. And that's John Cena? Yeah. I didn't realize that was even out. Yep. They're okay. on episode the same as uh, Book of Boba Fett. Oh, so. shit. Okay. That's real quick. That's the character from the Suicide Squad that John Cena played, Peacemaker. He's like a hyper-nationalistic 
big strong guy, but he like does so many terrible things, and it still just he gets away with it because he's like, Amer- is it America? Is he yeah. American? He's like, uh, I'll do anything for peace, no matter how many men, women, yeah. and children I have to kill. <laughs> just a great line in that movie. Yeah. Okay, so there's a show about it. Yes, and it is a squad based uh, action sure. type show sure. where he's the only superhero, and he's working with a group of special agents to uncover a plot of uh, aliens taking over the government. <laughs> that feels relevant. That feels like there was a conspiracy theory about that in in, in our life. They make jo- life, they make they make jokes about it in the show. Where is the show streaming? Uh, HBO Max. Okay, that sounds uh, right. And it is given enough viewpoints and counterbalances to that character of peacemakers, misogyny, and thinly veiled racism. Yeah. and nationalism. There's enough blowback. Uh, from his team mm-hmm. that it becomes like self-reflective. So All it's right. actually giving that character depth and it's really good. It is completely outlandish and ultra violent, but he has a pet eagle named Eagly. So, yeah, so you're in. I'm so in. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love it. I'm so here for it. Cool. So if you're into stuff like that, it's it's definitely a Johnny show. Okay. I don't know if it'd be a Max show. Okay, fair but enough. But it's for sure a Johnny show. You should watch an episode or two and let me know what you think. Should I watch, if I watched one tonight, should I watch the first episode of that or the next episode of Boba Fett? Uh, first episode of that. All right. Because I think if you're predisposed to not like space shit. I, I'm i just feeling opinionated today. I don't not like space shit. Star <laughs> Wars is fine. Like lightsabers are dope, but they're just swords. Like I'd rather watch a sword fight, but I'll watch a lightsaber battle. That's fine. Yeah, I think you should call it a lightsaber fight, but everyone's like battle. It's like relax. In the Mandalorian, there's a lot of forging of armor that happens. I will say yeah, that I saw that in a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I watched about four. You okay? I like it, the Baby Yoda thing didn't work for me, and that's sort of took on a life of its own. Excuse me. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> You've got allergies today, and we're not bothered. It yeah, matter. That's your bothered. That's my bother. That. That's one of the many. All right. Um, I watched something. Yeah, hit me. Uh, yeah, so I caught up sort of spontaneously with Hawkeye. Okay. I shouldn't even say caught up. I wasn't like trying to catch it, and I finally caught up to it. I, yeah. I watched it. Okay. And there's like, I want to say six episodes maybe, seven, mm. and that's the full season. It's on Disney+. Plus. Is that what it's called? Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Disney+, Plus and it follows um, Clint Barton, uh, Jeremy Renner's character, Hawkeye, and Haley Steinfeld's character, who has a name also. I can't think of it right now because I kind of watched it's been a long week or six and I just watched it on the couch. Actually, I watched it before I had a couch. I watched it on a rolling chair Nice that you used to sit on and I got so pissed off at that chair that I threw it away. And then I sat on uh, a recliner that I bought spontaneously. Okay. So I don't remember the show really, but it was enjoyable because it was very um, distracting uh, and good enough. Like if you're into, it's nowhere near the quality level of a scarlet witch show wandavision or loki but if you're looking for some more marvel stuff and you find the character of hawkeye fun and you like Haley steinfeld which i do mm-hmm. it's good enough it's fine so watch it maybe that is not a glimmering endorsement no it's fine it's fine if you like marvel you should watch it that's it good enough but I'm don't s- watch it before you watch loki or wandavision or the mandalorian no or boba fett captain and the winter soldier <laughs> Bless you, sweet angel. I'm, I'm not cutting it out. Dying. Good yeah. God. Do you, I have? That's all I have. Okay. Do you want to get out of here? I'm for sure going to skip the Falcon you, and the Winter Soldier. I liked Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier. All of them. I'm so over Marvel. I get that too. New though. content. When's our next movie for that? Ugh. Oh, it's probably Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. 
Yeah. I suppose we have to cover that. You're literally like about to cry from your allergies. So we got to <laughs> go. Um, as always, this show wouldn't be uh, what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi, um, our friends at the Handlebar, all of our folks on Patreon. Um, um, I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we will look forward to chatting with you next week. In the meantime, watch some stuff that makes you smile, drink whatever you want, and always be good to each other. And hug the people you love. That's it. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.